As a mental health advocate and author, I love books. Books have the capacity to inspire, educate, transform, and ultimately help readers all over the world. So if you want to publish your book or if you need help writing your story, I highly recommend Mindstir Media, rated the number one best book publisher around the country. Mindstir Media can help you no matter where you are in the book writing or publishing process. Go to mindstermedia.com to learn more and schedule a consultation. Out comes the sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Out Comes the Sun compassionately helps you navigate mental wellness practices that you can apply to your daily life. And we tell your story. And now, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Welcome, everybody, to Out Comes the Sun Radio with my co-host, Melissa Yamaguchi, and me, Mariel Hemingway. We're so happy to be talking to you today. We have an amazing guest, and we've got an interesting conversation that we're going to have about <laughs> AI. I think it's on the tip of everybody's brain, the tongue, brain, whatever, because we're all like curious, like, what's the future? What is our future going to entail? Like, how are we going to negotiate this new world where AI has such an influence over us? And I want to bring up something because a couple months ago, remember when there was some, there was some like app that turned your pictures, you know, you put it, <laughs> I do. And, and they turn your picture, you're like a superhero or you're not a warrior. Right. And, and I remember you got, you got in touch with me and you're like, be very careful because now they have you, right? Now they can take your image and use it elsewhere. Well, according to the app, which who knows if they're lying to me, you know, it was like, oh, we can only have, they're only in existence for a certain amount of time or whatever, whatever you post, you posted. And I'm sure there is a danger of me having posted a couple where I just couldn't resist because I looked like such a badass. <laughs> I'll draw something on a napkin next time we're together. Keep that. Yeah, exactly. But my point is, it's like, wow, it 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 is this unknown, scary thing. It well, is. and it can be very seductive. Yes. And therein lies the danger because we don't know what we don't know. And this isn't exactly. holding back to what you did. That was, you know, seemingly benign, even though you've got a friend who doesn't buy certain equipment because I don't want them listening. I don't know who they are, but I'm sure they're listening. So. We can do my paranoia on another show. Right. I, you the, and Bobby the, are the same that way. Excuse me. The thing about AI today, there is a, a an image that was manufactured by nefarious sorts who posted a photo on social media of an explosion near the Pentagon. Wow. So what what the what the fallout? was that our stock market began to fluctuate wildly until it was 
it was proven that it, had, it was not real and all of the images were taken down, were deleted. But for that brief moment in time, panic ensued. Right. People lost their collective minds. And so I've been reading, ever since we had John Sonny on, I have been reading pretty ravenously with about AI and about what it means for us and what, because it is coming. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like fighting the internet. It's coming. It's, it's already here. We've got whatever yeah. coming down. I remember when we thought, oh, it won't all be television shows. You won't be watching on your computer. I mean, you thought it, you thought yeah. it and you were like, uh -oh. who's watching TV on their computer. Yeah. And right. now, like who's not, who and who's, yeah. nobody goes to the movies anymore, which kind of breaks my heart being as that's how I started my career. I go, I go just in honor of you, Mariel. I don't care if I'm sitting in the theater dark and all alone with my lonely bag of popcorn. I do it for you, friend. Cause that's the kind of friend I am to you. So I think that, I think what happens is that, you know, we've talked about how to understand trust when it comes to something we don't know. And the bottom line is we were having, I was having a, <clears throat> a conversation before we came on air with our, I went phone of our producers Slater, and we were talking about this this understanding of of wisdom, your own wisdom, your internal wisdom, relying on your own ability to think. And if we continue exercising these incredible minds we have, feeding these beautiful brains we have, with all the tips that you give at the end of our shows about sleep and hydration and proper nutrition and movement and grounding. We continue to nurture this beautiful brain we have. We continue to feed and rely and trust on this beautiful mind we have. We can navigate our way forward. Listen, our forefathers and mothers who dealt with fire would have been terrified by the microwave and the gas stove. So we can do this. It just feels overwhelming because it's coming so quickly. It's hard to kind of get your head around. Don't you think that's Well, that's exactly. I think that that, and also, you know, our generation, a lot of you listening are probably close to our generation. It's just, you know, the internet was new. It was all, you know, all of all of these technologies, which we're, we're pretty good at, but we don't have the, you know, the agility of our kids' fingers. And and our kids, kids' fingers. I mean, you know, my granddaughter is going to be, you know, this is her world. She will not know another world. We knew another world. We yeah. knew the 70s. We knew when, you know, you had to go to somebody's house and knock on their door to see if, you know, your friend Susie was home and you were going to go for a bike ride. And if yep. she wasn't there, you know, you called later and maybe you got her on the phone, but if she was eating dinner, she's Around not- Around the neighborhood until you could find all the bikes in the front yard. That's how you knew where your friends were. Yeah, exactly. Now we have that, and 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 it's very romantic for us. I mean, I know that I look back and I think, gosh, I long for the simplicity of those days, but at the same time, they are never coming back. So how do you move forward into this new world and say, okay, I get it. It's happening and I'm going to embrace it. Mm -hmm. But how do you kind of adjust for it? I, you know, I don't have answers to these questions because nope. they're, they're questions I ask myself. How am I going to like be okay with that? How are you going to know if AI is AI real person? Is, it, is this a real person right. or has AI become so advanced? And that's what 
I found fascinating about what you and Slater were talking about before we started the show is this idea. I think he'd read a, a book. It sounded like science fiction to me, but yeah, you know, whatever. But it is this idea if AI has so much intelligence and if AI becomes quote unquote a sentient being, right? It actually has emotion and feelings and stuff like that. What does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean? That? What is that? Oh my God. Cause that to me, that is, it is science fiction, but is it because so much of our science fiction is coming, coming true. Right. Remember the movie with Joaquin Phoenix, her. Yes. He fell in love with her. Yeah. He, he didn't, yeah. he didn't need anyone else. He fell in love with her and that that's a reality, you know, and by the way, that kind of leads me to something that you and I can discuss all further also, but that kind of leads into the whole concept of loneliness. Yes. Right? I'm transitioning here because loneliness no. we've, 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 we've talked about this before, but it's been proven that being lonely has the equivalent has the effect on your physical being to the equivalent of 15 cigarettes a day. So if it's, uh, it's overwhelming, it's just overwhelming when you think about it. So if you think about someone who has a relationship with a her, such as Joaquin Phoenix did in the movie, what is that? Is that an answer? Is that an answer for those that are in remote locations that are, live a hermetic or, life? Or, or really suffering from loneliness? I mean, I right. can only think because we're, because we're human beings, right? Human beings, human beings who need touch. I mean, what, what, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic oh. for all of us is it made us realize that we need connection. We need to touch other humans. Well, you right? know what so I don't know if a, you know, if a computer can be that person that you need a hug from, you just no. need them to say nothing, be there, understand you and hear you. And mm -hmm. you need to like embrace them just in a very simple hug. Like, I don't know how that, how does that happen? How do you, how does energy get exchanged with a robot? I don't know. I don't know, Mariel. It's, there's just no. one, there's only one thing to say before we break away. We are people, people <laughs> who need people. And we're the luckiest, the luckiest people because we're on outcomes the sun. Yes, I love it. I was so off tune. Um, thank you so much for that, I think. Um, anyway, moving right along, we have an amazing guest coming up. His name is Brian McKenzie. He's a friend of mine, an amazing human being who knows more about breath than anybody should, but I love him for that. Anyway, stay tuned, everybody. Come right back. We've got a great guest and oh, we love you so much. Welcome back, everybody. We have an amazing guest. It's actually a friend of mine uh, and a friend of Bobby's. Uh, I love this guy. His name is Brian McKenzie. He is an innovator, a pioneer in developing and applying custom protocols to optimize human health and performance. His work harnesses and integrates respiratory breathing, movement, strength, and conditioning, and endurance-based training approaches to elicit unprecedented positive results. His protocols and programs have been used to accelerate and raise mental and physical performance in world-class and Olympic and professional athletes, first responders, musicians, actors like myself, 
top executives, elite military operators, the tactical firearms community, prisoners in institutions, and the health of people suffering from chronic and pathological issues. There's so much more to talk about with you because you've done so many things and you've touched so many and many lives. I mean, Brian, you really are at the cutting edge of like really understanding breast, which I find so funny talking about it because it's like, we've been on the planet for so long and we still don't know, we don't know how to breathe. We don't know how to eat and we don't know how to breathe. And we don't know how to move our bodies, right? We have to be taught these things, but we do have to be taught these things because you don't realize until you've had a session with somebody like you. And I have had, I've had the privilege of, of doing a little bit of work, not, not as extensively as I'd like, but your understanding of how breath moves through the body and moves through the brain and affects our emotions, affects our mental state. I, I, I just, anyway, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I love what you're doing. I'd love for you to explain to, you know, the people that listen to our show kind of what it means to learn how to breathe. Like what, how is that relationship? Like, what is that in your opinion, how how would you describe that to somebody? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I mean, to start, I was laughing because it's like I, I sent you over the world's longest bio, um, which you- <laughs> <laughs> I chose the top. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's it's a bit ridiculous. However, you know, for all the marketing people and et cetera that have chosen anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, what what. What I appreciate is a um, you and I are, I'm here with you. Um, although Melissa, this is the first time we've met. Uh, I think uh, uh, Mariel <laughs> Bobby were at the very first seminar I taught on this stuff, yes. um, which is kind of crazy. Um, I, I've been teaching for quite some time, but um, and what I taught, and this has a purpose with what it is you asked, asked but. I've been teaching for quite some time in in the space in and around human performance um, because it we it, it's not that we don't know how to do a lot of things. We've just lost touch with doing a lot of things. Breathing um, is one of those things that is just it's so fundamental to everything we do that that is why it's so dysfunctional with inside the, the arc of uh, civilized, the civilized world, uh, which is the world we all live in. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, you know, I, I've spent a lifetime, a career at really going in and really trying to manipulate a lot of different things and trying really hard at that, then coming to the conclusions that it's not really necessarily trying really hard. It's actually getting down to the root reason of why I'm think I need to try so hard at doing something, um, which <laughs> is, can be a bit confusing, but from a philosophical perspective, um, we are, we as a species at this point are getting what it is we've asked for. We put ourselves in front of more information than we can absorb. Um, it currently that's at around, I think it's 32 with the equivalent of 32 movies a day, which is 152 gigabytes of information. 
Um, so consider the fact that one movie is not digestible in one sitting, um, which is why we all have favorite movies, right? We can go back and watch these things. And yes, a lot of it's, you know, uh, still funny. However, you catch new things all the time. Anyway, breathing in and of itself is interconnected to the entire psyche and physiology in terms of what the body's doing outside of the psyche. Uh, meaning if I'm working out, my breathing's tied to that, or I'm exercising, my breathing's tied to that. However, if we're just sitting here having a conversation, that's my intellect, my thinking brain going to work, and my breathing is is exponentially tied to that. Um, I found myself look exploring more than just the mechanics of what breathing was, which was my background originally. I saw a very um, easy opening when I would, I and my athletes and the people I was working with were exposed to resistance breathing devices and and changing postural organization in order to facilitate that resistance. And that just means they basically change their posture in a positive way in order to breathe better, I would say. Um, although I don't know that's better, but the thing is, is they organize themselves much better. And, and that ended up going down a road of, under, of really diving into respiratory physiology, stress physiology, then the neurobiology of how breathing actually works. Um, and I kind of just, I, I found myself on an island pretty quickly with this stuff. And it, it just, it, it moved in a way that um, kind of has driven all of my work at this point. Although it's not really all about breathing. Um, breathing is just a very good or easy entry point at this point. So there's my long diatribe of entry. No, <laughs> I, I, I love it because I, I mean, I get it. It's long, it's complicated, and yet it's simple at the same time, right? At the same, yes. You know, what I loved about what you taught us initially was the simplicity around it, right? And, and, and I think that what happens is, as a society, we want to complicate things to make it difficult for ourselves to get back to what we naturally do. I mean, for instance, my, I have a new granddaughter and she's, you know, she's like two months old. <laughs> Little peanut. I'm looking at her and I see her, I mean, I, her breath is so natural, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Such natural, easy inhale, exhale. And you can see it efficiently feeding body, mind and spirit right you can see it it's you can see it it's like it's bizarre but you can see her little breaths and when she's excited they get a little faster or something you know and yeah. you know in her eight weeks of life i can see how breath is just so natural and and it's like what happens to us wow. that we lose touch with that ability to connect with ourselves. And I, you know, I think it's what's interesting about what you and Bobby will be doing at Stratosphere. Nobody knows anything about Stratosphere because I haven't told them, but you know, you, you guys will be helping people to really integrate the physicality with the breath that actually enables your brain to be okay. I mean, I think, I think what you do is, is 
ultimately kind of the best psychiatrist in a way, <laughs> like it's the best therapist, right? If well, you I, the, the best, you know, I mean, the best program is not having needing somebody like that, but although it's, you know, it's actually quite refreshing to find a good psychiatrist or psychologist who actually helps you explore these edges of things that you're like, well, what happens to us? And the thing is, is we think that's what happens to us. Right. That is exactly what happens. We start to think and, and in, in that thinking, we start to, uh, you know, think we can think our way out of something versus actually what you explain with your new granddaughter is she doesn't have to think her way out. She feels her way out. Yes. She already knows what her boundaries are. Right. But don't worry, we're all going to fuck that one. Excuse me. We're all going to screw that one up. (laughs) Right. We will. And we'll start to say what she may, you know, you know, and this is where we, it's really hard not to try and get involved in this. Take kids out of it. Put your partner or, or your spouse involved in this and, can you or can I just allow them to be? And that's where you start to see the reality of you start to unfold. And that's where the real work's at. And that's where like a real therapist can actually really help. But, um, you know, it's the, the most fundamental aspect to all of this really does come down to breathing, which is what you know, like Tai Chi, the martial arts and yoga figured out something like 5,000 years ago, which is why they layered it into the foundation of everything they were doing. You don't move beyond your breathing. Yeah, martial arts or even yoga, they always say, if if you're doing these things, these physical movements, and you're not breathing, then you're really not doing them because they are so linked to how breath push it, you know, like all all good quality kind of movement is linked to good breath. And, and you see such improvements with athletes when they know how to, you know, when they know how to breathe and stay out of fight or flight, you know, like stay in a place of calm. That must be where, you know, training is so imperative. Uh, I don't know. It it, it fascinates. I'm fascinated by breath because (laughs) <laughs> because you can't get away from doing it, but you realize that not, uh, so much of the time, you know, when you're in a state of panic, you you had something interesting on your Instagram about people in a panic attack. Yeah, right. It was it, and it was like, well, it, explain kind of what what you were talking about because I thought it was fascinating because I think people, you know, people don't realize this association to the physical, the physical body breath and, and, and how shit goes down. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of us think that we're doing just fine. Um, and it's not that we are, aren't, um, the fact is, is we're all pretty stressed out in some capacity and most people in the capacity that are stressed out, but don't think they are, are actually addicted to the cycle of being in these high arousal states. Um, myself, is one of those human beings um, who, you know, because I got in touch with what I was, I did, and I did the exploratory work that I did. I was an observer of that behavior. And I was like, Oh, I'm starting to see it. And that doesn't mean that I don't do exciting stuff anymore. 
it's actually very calculated and very understood at this point. But, you know, I, I posted uh, a paper that it's not a new paper. It's, I think it was in 2011 by uh, Dr. Alicia Muriette out of SMU who um, had, has done some work. She's done a lot of work around breathing. Uh, she's a psych she's a psychologist, I believe. And um, she had done this paper that I believe is titled uh, Out of the Blue Panic Attacks Show Up an Hour Before. Um, they happen. And that's, you know, I, I've heard for years before even reading this paper about people showing up to the ER uh, in, in having panic attacks or an ambulance showing up with a panic attack. Because uh, I've got a number of people, obviously, I, I know and have worked with in the first responder world, um, where when they show up, there's nothing really wrong with them, right? They Sure, they've got a high heart rate and they're freaking out. But there's no actual physiological ailment of any kind going on. It's just somebody who's stressing out. And what she found was that, you know, more than an hour, like an hour or more before, there are signs and signals that are occurring that people are not paying attention to. And what my point with, my point is with anything that I'm talking about at this point is there is no special case, uh, you know, Research is not really there just for the special case of disease that it, or, or problem that it might be looking at. What that paper alludes to is that that reactivity or the panic, that can actually be looked at as reactivity, meaning I'm an asshole or I freak out or I have an emotional outburst or something happens. It wasn't that, that wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back that's the problem. It's the many, many breakings of things that were occurring that we're ignoring. And that was why I started with like the amount of information that we've got at our fingertips. And we don't actually, we, we, we think that we're perfectly fine with the amount of information coming at us. I mean, I had a client who quite literally the other day tried to convince me and, and I didn't shoot him down. I just let him talk about how looking at Instagram between during recovery pieces that we're doing or being on his phone is no longer stressful. And I'm like, you know, and I just sit there and I'm like, wow, it's just interesting how we sell ourselves on everything. And, you know, it, it's not that it feels stressful. It feels good because you're filling a void with this thing. We don't understand what that filling of is yeah. and part of those signs and signals is is my breathing gets thrown off pretty quickly in any instance so it's the tacking on of things or not having an understanding of my breathing making these changes all the time so if i'm in in front of a constant stream of information regardless of what it is if I'm not checking myself from time to time my arousal levels go up because I'm actually making um, very small, subtle changes to my pH due to my respiration pattern changing. And when my biochemistry changes like that, there are a lot of things that start to happen internally from glucose levels being mobilized more to electrolyte imbalances starting to occur. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, 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 it goes kind of crazy real quick um once that last straw gets broken panic attack or boom i'm an asshole right and 
I would not have believed that had I not really done the work, then gone and read the research or, or the information on this. Right. And that's the path that I usually choose with this stuff is to go and invest in the work, then go back and then read the research or the information um, and, and try and not try, but, but, but see where I creatively can put piece things together. And I've been able to see some things that, um, you know, that, that have not only helped me, but have helped the clientele and the people that I've worked with or that I teach or that I get the opportunity to go and teach in front of. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Melissa, I know you have a burning question. I'm sure. Well, I have, I have one in particular that I'm thinking of. You were talking earlier about how we do things, we become addicted to it. And it's not that necessarily it's good for us, but it's become so familiar that yeah. we, we, we want it back in our lives. Like it's like a child with a, with a blanket or sucking her thumb. They, they kind of want it back, even though it's not necessarily good because they're so familiar. But I was looking on your site and your Health and Human Performance Foundation, mm -hmm. which is a 501c3. We want our, hear, our listeners to hear about this, where you're focusing on, um, among many things, one line that really stuck out to me, ending the epidemic of stress-related conditions and i thought okay so stress on some level is good for us because the plant is stressed as it's growing a child the baby is stressed as she's growing so some stress is okay for us yeah. we become addicted to the stress so when you're talking about stress related conditions my first thought goes to we are conditioning our children and you're right we will mess up baby at some point if we are yeah. allowed to we put her into a school where she's given all these timelines test on friday study on the weekend you know get to your game on time get to ballet on time everything is rehearsal rehearsal and timeline 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 so the stressors start coming in she can't be free and breathe when she wants and giggle when she wants she has to hit timelines and then we take it all the way through school i have a son in college who what we do the mental the mental health issues and things we do to our college kids with all these demands on them and then they get into the workforce so stress related conditions seem to be ingrained into the very vernacular of who we are in the capitalistic society so oh man do you guys have a lot of work to do so, <laughs> so please talk to, to us about that yeah the um you know i i always when it's pretty frequently that this sort of a, a, a subject gets brought up and <laughs> how it's like, this just begins like so early and it doesn't stop. And this is what we do to condition ourselves. And yeah, we do. And that, you know, I, I, I alluded to that in the beginning too. It's just like, you know, we're not, there's nothing wrong with us. There isn't anything wrong. What we're doing, we just don't understand what we're doing and we're getting exactly, we're getting the circumstances of what it is we are doing. We just don't like that. So the, you know, I, I was very fortunate that I, you know, when I grew up uh, in the seventies and eighties, I, that was when punk rock took off and I immediately <laughs> to the, the, the ideology of what punk rock was because I was so adverse to being contained in the manner that you're talking about when I was in school. And I mean, when from the get-go, when I was like four or five. And so I was highly active. I just, I wanted to be, I, I had a lot of energy, um, all these things. I didn't like being told what to do. So I clung to this um, in, in, a, in a very uh, 
destructive way when I was younger. However, when I did a lot of the work that I, I've done, I've been able to apply that in a very constructive way. And I think the the that the underlying the foundation of this all, like breathing's fundamental. However, breathing is there in my, you know, as a control mechanism for one, meaning as a tool, as a tool, we use it for control. And for that control, it, I think its best use is for bringing us to the, the number one tool, which is awareness. Awareness of what is going on. Where am I at? And, and that starts with something, but it becomes something far more if we're able to stay with that. Um, and it, I, I seriously, um, you know, am, am, th there are some very impressive human beings out there with their children and, and how they're raising their kids and helping them navigate space to make decisions on their own for when they aren't comfortable with something to address that. And that doesn't mean just being a victim. That means, no, you are an active participant in this universe, in this world. You are not a victim of circumstance of it. You get what you put in. If you don't like the process by which you're going through school, but yet you believe that's the only path, Maybe you should start changing the way you think. Um, and that's an option. Or, you know, maybe go through this and learn to deal with that. What sort of tools do you have in order to deal with that, right? And navigate this space in, in a way that works for you on understanding your growth, your trajectory. Um, but if we are dependent upon systems like we've become at this point, um, we will continue to get what we are getting. And that's just how that works. No, yeah. it's so interesting that the, the accumulation of information coming at us, eventually it slaps you in the face. You don't realize it because you just keep doing it, but it, it's, it's overload, right? And that yes. becomes- Oh yeah, yeah. There's a great book out I there. Mean, yeah, it, that's, that's incredible. And I think that that's why kids suffer so much. I wanted to ask you, I, mm -hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to ask you because you work with the kids, you work with some incarcerated kids, you know, like, yeah. and, and people in prisons, not just kids. Because they're not on social media, is it easier for you to have a kind of access to their brain, to their ability to, 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 to focus on this or oh, there's and, a and how effective there is for sure a difference between the brain focus patterns of incarcerated individuals versus non-incarcerated individuals. Oh yeah. There, there is a very, very different yeah. place. The, the, these are people, um, I, it's been my favorite place to teach just because of that all in, like I am in, I am focused, I am listening, I am absorbing, I want to participate. Um, and, and that's not just due to the fact that I'm locked up. It's, that's a major reason, but it's also like, hey, I'm here. What am I doing with my time while I'm here? Right. Like, and, and the only people that actually will get access to me inside the prison system at this point 
are the ones who are actually showing uh, growth towards that. Meaning right. that, that, that's who they, that's who they give act. You know, that's who right. they give access to me when Not I like come in. Yeah, they don't, they don't just necessarily bring me into the guy who's you know ready to <laughs> ready to call the shot for somebody to be you know ended right like. <laughs> <laughs> Although right. that guy probably needs right. it more than anybody, but you know. Yeah. No, but but that is, I find that fascinating. It's just, it's 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 a testament. I mean, we're talking about babies. We're talking about stress. We're talking about how we will screw things up. It's just a testament to the world that we live in, which is just so full. It's so full of so much information. And I think that that's why you have to become diligent about oh. how you use your how you breathe, how you wake up, how you eat, how you, all of it, because everything else is trying to pull you away from your center, right? So you constantly have to say, no, these are my priorities. Because I know like, like you, <laughs> Brian and I, we, we share something. Bobby's always like, you're just like Brian. Because I guard my sleep. I'm like, it's time to go to bed. Like, I don't care. It's 830. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Phone's off. And I, you know, like, I don't necessarily go to sleep, but I'm on my own and I'm in there. And that's, you know, like I, we have a party at the house. I leave. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yes. It's just, you know, I just think that th those kinds of rituals become incredibly important in a world that's trying to, to pull you in 8 million different directions. And because yes. I know that my mental health would not be the same if I didn't sleep well, if I didn't, if I didn't do some breathing of some kind, you know, I tape my mouth, you know, I do all kinds of crazy. Hostage tape on the mouth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, essentially that's what people hire me for is to help them develop that practice right. where we start to explore where we can fit this tool with breathing into what it is they enjoy doing or they believe they enjoy doing, right? <laughs> and match that up with their values and what it is they really value and want. And then, okay, well, where's your attention? Okay, so your attention's here, here and here. Um, we, you're going to need to pull, you're gonna need to set some boundaries for this stuff quick if you want this stuff to change um, and, and without fail. Once somebody has some sort of uh, commitment to consistency with a practice or a program, they start to they start to feel the changes and the results. And, and you know, the thing is, is that you have to take responsibility for what you're putting in front of you, what information you're putting in front of you. If you do not, it quite literally. There is nothing and nobody out there who will not try and grab your attention at this point. And in a very kind and loving manner, they will do it. Um, you know, and, and that's why you have to set boundaries. Um, it, it's, it's, that's the process. And where am I going to integrate this? What am I going to do? Am I going to do some breathing this morning? Why would I do that? Well, I'm going to regulate my nervous system so I don't start bouncing off the walls the moment I get up, like I do, I will. Um, I, I slow it down in the morning because I am ready to go full throttle. Um, and, 
you know, not everybody's ready to do that. Other people need some more uh, toggling up into more higher arousal stuff. Um, but it's just learning what works for people and what doesn't, and then how to integrate that maybe into some movement or exercise, et cetera. Um, getting outside, being outside. Um, yeah. yeah. You had a line on, uh, you said something on your, one of your podcasts on your Instagram that I found that I, that I <laughs> struck a little too close to home, but I totally got it. You said the people we are closest to are the ones we are the most dysfunctional with. And I thought, yikes, he's been to my house for Thanksgiving. So it's true. We, we are the most dysfunctional with the people closest to us. And do you find that obviously there's stressors in our lives, like getting married, uh, kids yeah. leaving home, there's a, a graduating college, whatever these stressors are in our lives. Do you find that this is the peak? This is when you're looking at human performance. It's during these, th these societal markers, like graduation, marriage, whatever they are, having a baby, that these societal markers we placed on people. Do you find when people are getting to the, to the apex of that is when they are the most dysfunctional, when they're not breathing as well, when their human performance plummets until they, if they haven't worked with you, of course. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I look, so relationships are, are, are mirrors. That's it. The, the reason I say the people that are closest to us, we're the most mm -hmm. dysfunctional with is because we're actually the most dysfunctional with ourselves. Yes. And the people who we're closest with, we're most comfortable with. So we're willing to be willing to, as soon as we lose control of ourselves, we will grip to try and control <laughs> we have no control over. And um, that's usually people that are closest to us, right? And they're not doing what we want them to do or we would prefer them to do. Um, and, and really coming down to, you know, the, the the reality of that is is I mean, why did I marry you or why am I with you? And it's like, well, I love you. I'm, you know, I'm. I, I love you because I love what you, who you are, what you do. And I don't need to change any of that right. except for when I'm not feeling good about myself. <laughs> and that's exactly where yep. the opportunity sits. That's where it's at is where I start to do these things or I start to behave in these ways and I can actually get a hold of my breathing and just shut up and, and, and see what's going on. And right. be like, wow, I really want to try and control well, this. It yeah. enables you to take a step back. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it does. We love talking to you, but we only have a half hour show. <laughs> we only have a half hour interview. So you're going to have to come back. Damn. And I haven't been breathing the whole time. <laughs> you are amazing. We are so excited. Um, you know, like talking to you. I, I love it because I just think that what you're doing is important for the world and for me, <laughs> for me, did I say me? Um, give us your website again. Uh, tell me, tell me where we adapt.com. Shiftadapt.com. Uh, yep. Okay. Um, people could also just type in my name, brianmckenzie.com. Um, and it'll end up getting back to shiftadapt.com. They can find me on Instagram at underscore Brian McKenzie. Um, I'm not, I don't do much on Twitter anymore but uh anyway. yeah anyway <laughs> there's yeah. only so much you can do on that internet you gotta like pull back a little bit 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm figuring out ways to where I don't even have to go on social media. I can just use certain platforms in order to post it. So I don't have to go on there because you just get caught. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Pretty sure we're going to see Brian McKenzie dot pigeon carrier. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no, I still participate in a lot of this stuff. It's just to what degree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. A lot more boundaries around it. Yeah. yeah. It's like you garden, you're guarding your time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's all we got. Yep. Exactly. That was an amazing, amazing conversation with Brian. Woo. I love him. I love him. He's just like, he kind of, you're like, wow, that was a lot of information. But with all our guests, we're always a little bit blown away. Thank you, Brian, for that. And now don't go away because we have my good co-host, friend, best friend, tip of the day, or shall we say energy tip of the day. You're listening to Outcomes of Sun. Welcome back. I am Melissa Yamaguchi here to share with you an energy tip. So I want to talk to you about feng shui in the home. Everyone talks about how you have to feng shui the inside of your home, but I want to propose a different idea first. If you have a home where you have you have access and control over your yard and the area around your home, then really, to be honest with you, feng shui should start on the outside of your home before you reach the inside because it's the energy as it flows into your home. So if you have a yard that is unkempt, your, your yard isn't trimmed or isn't taken care of, or you have dead flowers or a tree that needs to be taken down or anything, trash, unsightly things sitting around the side of the house. It doesn't matter how feng shui the interior of your home is. We have to take care of the exterior and then we work our way in. So I want to encourage you to look at your home, stand on the outside of your home and take a walk around and see from every angle, not just curb appeal, but from every single angle, is your home pleasing to the eye? Are your, do your windowsills need to be painted? Do your screens need to be replaced? How's your front door holding up? Do you have a good enough lock on there where you feel secure when you're sleeping at night? Do you have, do you have a, a mat where you can dry, wipe off your feet before you come in the home? Is your front appealing to you? The backyard the same. You have to take this entire 360 degree walk around your property and give it the feng shui approach. Now, I'm not here to tell you that you have to have red flowers in one direction and white in the other. That's too specific for this broad. But the most important thing is you have to take a look at the exterior of your place. Now, if you live in a condo, a townhome, an area where you don't have as much control over the exterior, then certainly make sure that your front door is appealing. Does it have, is, is, does it need to be repainted? Is the, is the, the seal around it, the, the door jam, is it nice and tight? Do, again, do you feel like the locks are safe when you're sleeping? Because if it's not, if it does, if you don't feel like that, that lock is completely safe, you will not sleep as well. So the exterior of your home requires you pay a lot of attention to it. And I always start with sweeping my front porch. I make sure I sweep it completely. I make sure that the if, if I have flowers in the front that they're nice and bright and they've been watered. I make sure that anything I have out there is clean. I have a, a, a light I have on my porch. I always make sure that the, the glass is clean, the light bulbs cleaned up so that it's bright and pretty. We leave we leave the light on all the time at not when the sun goes down. Um it's a welcoming light anyway, but it also it kind of deters anyone to come up to your door. In, in a way he or she shouldn't. So it's being being cognizant of your surroundings on the exterior is vitally important to good feng shui. Let's start there. We'll get into the interior another time. Until then, 
Stay tuned. Come right back. You're going to need some health tips for today and this week. Today, who knows? You need it every day. But come back, especially now, to get it from my good friend, my co-host, Meryl Hemingway. Uh, thank you for coming back, everyone. I'm Marielle Hemingway. You're listening to Outcomes the Sun Radio and to my co-host, Melissa Yamaguchi. That was an amazing tip that you just gave about the exterior of your house. I kind of want to resonate on that for a moment. Anyway, I'll give you a story about the outside of where I'm living right now, but not today. <laughs> today. No, I'm not going to talk about it today. But I am going to talk about the fact that I'm living in an area of Los Angeles, that right now we're in May gray and soon to be June gloom, okay? So this is gray times of the year. And I am a sun girl, like outcomes of sun is, is literal, figurative, it's everything, it's emotional, it's everything in my life. Sun means the world to me. So what we've been doing, because every single morning, uh, in the past week, it has been gloomy and, you know, foggy and kind of socked in. And that does something to your mood. Like, let's face it, people, we, we are beings of light. We are made up of electricity. We love light. We love the sun. Sun has a magical effect. Not only do you absorb vitamin E, vitamin D, but it raises your mood. So Here's, here's my tip for you. If you live in an area where it gets, you know, where you get fog or it's gloomy, I invite you to get up 10 minutes early or something, do something where you can get in the light. You know, I know in the winter, it's a big deal for me when I was in Idaho, like I had to find ways to get light early on. Uh, I even got a light panel. But if you're in a place where you can drive, like here I'm in California, you can drive inland, right? You can drive inland just a little bit and get some light in your eyes. It changes you. So Bobby and I, this morning, it was, it was June, it was May gray. And we got in the car and we drove, we drove north to where I used to live up on top of a mountain, right? And we found the sun and we went from being kind of snippy with each other to like, oh, we were singing, we were like crazy and happy because it does that to you. It is that profound. We took our shoes off too. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I didn't brown. I took, we took our shoes off. We were walking in the, you know, on the dirt and just getting sun in our face. And it literally, we, we didn't have that much time today. We were both like, ah, crap, I got to get down. I've got a, this appointment, that appointment. He had to meet somebody on a zoom call. And, um, but we got it for 15 minutes. And that was a gift that keeps on giving throughout your entire day. So my invitation, my tip, my, my hope for you is that you will find the light this, this week, especially if you wake up and it's a little bit gloomy, never fear because the sun is somewhere and you can find it. And honestly, if it is just overcast all over the place, I want you to know that also the light in the sky is bright enough in the morning that actually just going outside and looking to the bright light toward, you know, what wherever that sunrise would be, if you could see it, it's there. So light, you do absorb light 
more in the morning. So just know that. So I don't have the exact, like how many, uh, I don't know what rays of light you get in your eyes, but I, but I do know that you can get it even on a, on a cloudy day, but going outside is really important. And some people, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to mention that like, if you're in a car and you think, oh, well, I'm seeing the sunrise, open your windows because through the glass, it, it takes away those, those UV uh, rays enough that you actually don't get them in your eyes. You, you get a little bit, but you it, it takes so much longer. So if you open your window or you stop along the side of the road and just step out, look at that light as it's coming for a moment or you know, open the window and, and look at it if you can without being it. safe. But that is that is my tip. That is my tip for the day because it's important, man. Yeah. So get some light in your eyes. Because you had, you found sunshine on a cloudy day. We I can did. break into song whenever you're ready. <laughs> you found sunshine on a cloudy day. You went from out comes the sun to out chasing the sun. Literally. <laughs> there she goes. All the sun chasers. We literally you are. You absolutely are. We, re we really are. So anyway. What a great show. What 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 an honor to be here every day with you all. All of you who are listening, we are so grateful for you. We Melissa and I just have if you're listening, we have smiles on our face. You're in our hearts and I want to tell you that there's been several times that Marilyn and I've been out and about when and I'm going to learn how to say it like a true Canadian out and about. We've <laughs> we've been out and we've I we've been I've been stopped several times. Uh people saying, "I listen to you and Mariel. I love the show. So we want it. You're in our hearts. We really yeah. do giggle and smile and just are tickled pink to spend our time with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cause every day we want to feel the, the sun coming out. So we'll see you. We'll see you next time. Thank you all. Outcomes the Sun has been a production of Evolve Entertainment. Hosts, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Executive producer, Jeremiah Higgins. And sound engineer and producer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. Thank you for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 